Baruch Haba, everybody. Welcome once again. Blessed is the arriver. Uh, and this is a special Genesis podcast, as it's the first one with a special guest, Kate. Hello. Kate, say hi. Yeah, there hi. you go. Kate is my niece and Brad's wife, and she's joining us today to hopefully give her thoughts on whatever I'm about to say. My thoughts. <laughs> Have you seen the little cat that puts post-it notes all around? And the owner says, what are these? And the cat looks at him and goes, my thoughts. <laughs> well, there you go. That's you me. can post-it notes today. My thoughts. <laughs> all right. But uh, as always... I'm Brad. Oh my goodness, I'm Brad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm Scott. <laughs> Everyone change name tags. <laughs> I'm not Brad. Not 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 this time anyway. As always, I'm Scott. I'm Kate. And I'm Brad, and this is not about us. All right. <laughs> I hope you don't edit that. <laughs> Anyway, here we go. I really am Scott this time. Uh, so before we go any further, uh, Brad, could you invite the one who is not either of us <laughs> <laughs> that this is really about uh, just have the special place of honor today? I'm so confused. Are you talking to me now? <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> Yahweh. God, we just want to invite you in. We're sitting down with special guest talking about Genesis, but as always, we cannot do this without you. We need you every moment, and we need to know what things are you wanting for us to share for our listeners, which things are you wanting us to see, and which things are you wanting us to find. God, I'm thankful that we have a special guest star today. I'm thankful that uh, the podcast is its just really going. We're We're We've got so many episodes under our belts now, and I really do pray and hope, God, that these are bringing you honor and glory. But as always, you can glorify yourself in this. So please, come in. Be the invited guest. Come in and help lead us to the right path, the path that leads to you. We love you. We glorify you. We give you honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. All right, so to catch you up to where you are, and uh, to help Kate out too, uh, find out where we are in this podcast. Last time we were in Genesis 4, 17 through uh, 19. So just saying that, you know you know all about what we did, right, Kate? Duh. That's right. <laughs> no, You've uh, listened to every podcast. You've been taking notes. I was number one subscriber. <laughs> That's true. So... Uh, this is something we shared with our listeners. So for, for everyone who's been listening to the previous podcast, this will be a repeat for Kate's sake. Uh, one of the things that we've discovered before is in the lineage of Adam, uh, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. Those are the kids. That's the that's the 
lineage from Adam to Noah. The meaning, if you take the meanings of their names in order, it forms this. Man appointed mortal sorrow. The blessed God, he who descends is dedicated. His death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. So it was pretty fascinating that within the names of this lineage, you know, from Adam and, and Adam, you know, his lineage goes to Jesus. This is just the first third, essentially, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, uh, we have the plan of salvation written in the very meanings of their names. So now here in Genesis 4.17, we have Cain or Cain of Cain and Abel, and we have his lineage. And so I thought, does the same type of thing happen with Cain's lineage? And we, we discussed uh, Cain or Cain's children and what their names meant, and it did. It had essentially the plot of the Antichrist uh, leading up to basically we got to Lamech, uh, who would have been like Cain's great, great, great grandchild, something like that. I forget now. I mean, I could go back and count, but uh, just not doing it at this time. Go back, <laughs> count. So that's where we were. We came. We kind of hit that, and we ended with uh, Lamech, who is sort of. Uh, you saw the progression of these people. We got to Lamech's name, just literally meant mean. Uh, it meant it, it was. It's. It can mean despairing. But it was just, we basically got to just, it ended up with uh, just abuse and, and hatred and anger. And that's where we ended up. And now we're on Genesis. I'm going to start with Genesis 4, 20 through 22. I'm going to go back real quick. We ended up being so angry. <laughs> that's right. And mean. <laughs> Genesis 4, 9 says, Lamech took unto him two wives. I'm going to recap slightly. One of them was Adah and the other Zillah. And Adah's name meant ornament. You look like you have a question. One starts with an A, one starts with a Z? Not quite. Uh, this, technically, yes. This uh, Zillah is uh, the Hebrew letter Sadeh. It starts so it doesn't start with Tav, which is the last letter in the in the Hebrew alphabet, mm. but it, it does start. And in fact, the first one, Ada, doesn't start with Aleph, the first letter. It's Ayin. So so I see where you're going with that, but no, it doesn't. It in fact, there's something that can be taken that I never considered before. On God's side, you can say He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the Aleph and the Tav, and there we see that. In, in God's picture, over here it's not. We do not see that type of thing happening. This is not the A and the Z. This is not the Aleph and the Tav. Uh, I, um, Ayin is the first letter of Adah's name. Tzadeh is the first letter of Zillah's name. And Adah, her name means ornament. So we kind of came to the place where this person who's basically come to the final fruition of evil... He's ornamenting himself. He's, everything is selfishness. He's taking on his own selfish pleasure. And Zillah, her name meant uh, shade and darkness. And it, was, and it's, it also means defense. 
So here's someone who's hiding in the darkness, who who's basically doesn't want to be seen, doesn't want to be noticed, uh, uh, doesn't want the light to shine upon them. And now, and that that's important because now I'm going to talk about Adaz and Zillah's children. So Genesis 4, 20 through 22 says, And Adah bore Yavel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and have cattle. And his brother's name was Yuval. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and the pipe. And Zillah, she also bore Tuval Kayin, the forger of every cutting instrument of brass and iron. And the sister of Tuval Kayin was Naamah. Now again, once again, we have to uh, say, I'm trying to pronounce these to the best of my ability, but again, I'm, I've been slowly, very slowly, you know, uh, learning some Hebrew on my own. And one of the things I've discovered is the, the emphasis on the word itself can change the word. Uh, boker and boker are two different words. So I might, even if I'm pronouncing the sounds correctly, I might be putting the emphasis on the wrong word. To those of you who speak fluent Hebrew, I'm very sorry if I'm getting this wrong. <laughs> if you speak fluent Hebrew, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to talk to you and Absolutely. maybe learn some stuff. <laughs> Just tell us what we're doing wrong, please. Uh, but, and one of the things, this is Genesis 4, 20 through 22. I included... First of all, let me say, I put all of these verses together for a reason. It's because I wanted to start with this thought. It's been pointed out that this may be the time when fallen angels began to give man knowledge of many things. So we have three people here mentioned as, as starting something or sort of mastering something. And... Where did they get that knowledge? Some people have speculated that this was a gift, so to speak, from the fallen angels who have, who have come to earth, who have uh, seen that women are beautiful and have taken them as wives and have started to give man special knowledge that they didn't have before. I'm uh, not going to get too deep into that. Again, uh, I mention it like I've mentioned in other podcasts, different theories, different ideas, and where they get it in Scripture. So I'm not absolutely saying this is right. I mention it here for this reason. is because this is one of the places people think that this might have happened. Now, I do give this some credence uh, for the simple fact that this is Cain's line. Uh, I don't believe that God has given this because he would have done it through Adam's line. He would have done it through Adam and Seth and and his, he would have done it, if this was God, he would have done it through his plan of salvation. Uh, so I believe that Cain has separated himself from God. He's completely rebelled. He's walked away and so he's opened himself to demonic influence. He has allowed the, the, the fallen angels that have come to earth uh, I believe that God is still protecting his line and saying, you can't touch them. So they went to where they had access. And so that's why I believe that if this was not just man coming up with it on his own, uh, if this was 
a spiritual influence, I do believe this could be where the fallen angels were giving them special instructions. I also believe that it's possible for the reasons that this these kind of fall into categories that would seem to me to be something that that is selfish and evil and therefore influenced by uh, spiritual forces. Well, it definitely feels like they're trying to make a way for themselves and make a way for their, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. learning all these skills and and uh, techniques and trying to survive without God. They're, yeah, they're, they're putting exactly. the emphasis on the stuff, and they're not. And the very first one is the Father of all, who such uh, such as dwell in tents and have cattle. What does that tell you? It tells me they're moving. Mm-hmm. They're not lo- locked in one place. And what did we find out about Cayenne? Is that the ground was cursed. And that if he planted, it would not give him. That's right. His, it, it would not reveal its fruit to him. So these people are moving because wherever they go, the ground dies uh, if Cayenne is involved. So that's one thing I'm seeing here. That's one reason I believe that they're, they've been given this. And uh, something that uh, people probably know, but I'm just going to mention it anyway because this sometimes, uh, when I was younger... I didn't comprehend this, but people lived a lot longer back then. Mm-hmm. So uh, Cain was a curse for his people for a long time. Yeah. He was potentially still alive when his great, 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 great grandchildren were, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, uh, well, you have the other side of that too. Adam would have been alive for quite some time. He would have seen several generations of his kids. Yep. Uh, so they would have they would have been learning and hearing the stories. I've always wondered about that. What would it have been like to sit down, uh, to have not been in the garden yourself, but to sit down at the feet of great, 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 great grandpa Adam and listen to his stories yeah. uh, of walking with God and that kind of stuff. But anyway, back on track. I just wanted no, to point that out. No, that's good because that kind of comes back into uh, Cayenne's lineage. Uh, they're obviously learning from Cayenne. Mm-hmm. They're learning from dad. They're learning from grandpa. They're learning from great grandpa. And they're learning to hate God. They're learning all the things that, that he wants them to learn. And, and I believe, as we saw in his lineage, it gets worse and worse. It gets darker and darker. And, and also, we move on. Uh, Yuval was the father of all such that handle the harp and the pipe. Guys, it, music in and of itself is not wrong. I'm not saying we should avoid music, but we do understand Lucifer was the master of music, and he would have known how to use this to manipulate and to control, and I think this was an important part that he, he put in here. We're going to talk about this a little bit more, and Tuval Cayenne, the forger of every cutting instrument of brass and iron, he's making weapons of warfare, Uh, so we're okay. So that's kind of a brief overview, but let's get into these individual names. Now, Yaval in the King James version, it says Jabal. Uh, this is Strong's concordance number two, nine, eight, nine, and it is pronounced Yabal there. Now, if we've mentioned, as we've mentioned before, uh, I'll mention here again in the Hebrew language, the sound V and the sound B can be interchangeable uh, many times. So in the Hebrew Roots version, it says Yaval. In Strong's Concordance, it says Yabal. These are essentially the same word, just two different pronunciations of the exactly the same word. 
But this word, uh, essentially in this spot, it just means his name. It's just referring to this person. By the way, Yaval's name is only ever mentioned here in this spot. It's only mentioned once, and it's right here. But his na- the meaning of his name is 2988, also pronounced Yabal, and it means a stream. Now, I'm going to get back to that. We're going to hold, throw that out there. We'll come back to that one. It comes from the root 2986, Yabal, which means to flow, to carry, to lead forth. So remember, I want you to hold on to that. Name means stream. Now, the word picture here, Yod, Bet, Lamed. Now, these join together. Uh, what I came up with, and Kate, forgive me, because uh, I'm not going to go into what each of these mean. I'll, I'll do the first one for you. Like Yod, there's a word picture associated with each letter. You knew this, right? So, for example, Yod, uh, and for those of you listening, kind of a refresher, Yod can mean arm and hand. So if you think of everything from the shoulder to the hand, the whole thing together. It can mean work. It can mean a deed or a finished work. It can mean closed or closing upon. So it's, these are all, this is a word picture associated with this letter Yod. So you take that, you take the word picture associated with every letter, and you can come up with, just in the word itself, a word picture with this, what I came up with is he finished the work begun in his own house. He now goads others to do the same. And this reinforces the fact to me that Yaval is called the father of something. He finished the work, started in his own house, and is now goading others to do what he did. As the father of something, he's, he's teaching others uh, to do what he began. And it also connects to stream, uh, the flowing forth. The, 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 if you think of it, uh, a stream originating at one point and flowing out to others and, and leading to other points. I'm going to get back to that too. But now let's go to Yuval, who was the father of all as such as handled the harp and the pipe. Now again, Yuval... In the Hebraic Roots version, it's Jubal in King James. And again, Strong's Concordance 3106, it's pronounced there, Ubal, not Uval. Again, they're interchangeable. This one, this name, also means stream. And it comes from exactly the same root as Yaval. Uh, and again, this name is only mentioned once, and it's right here. The only difference is they add one vowel in order to change the pronunciation. So in this one, his name is Yod Vav Bet Lamed. So what I came up with on this one is the finished works of binding start to get binding together started in his house. He goads others to do the same. Again, he's the father of something. He's pushing others. He's teaching. He's, he's basically growing his ideas amongst his family, gaining followers. But this one, I found that word binding very instructive. Because if you think just in a musical instrument, 
Uh, now today we would think of uh, a guitar and and the like, even a piano. It, you know, it's got strings. Uh, you 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 bind the strings on the instrument. Uh, back then it would have been a harp. It would have been a lute. It would have been something to that effect. You bind the strings onto the instrument, but also I just thought of the fact that music is the single most powerful emotional influencer in existence. And so they, he was essentially in the process of binding these people together, of making them one unit, making them sing, of single-minded people uh, emotionally, spiritually. They were u- using the music, the mastery that Lucifer would have had over this music, they, were, they would be using it to bind the nation together, so to speak. A, a collective uh, culture uh, in that way is what I saw from this. Now, Yaval and Yuval, they both come from Ada, their mom, whose name means ornament. So what we're seeing here is, is kind of ornamentation. We're seeing the selfishness. We're seeing the person who's come to this place uh, literally is Lamech, the, their father. But spiritually, it's the person who's come to this place where he's thrown off God completely. He's, he's totally rebelled. He's in it for himself. He's gathering together what he wants. And what he has taken is stuff, uh, the cattle, the tents. I mean, think of it as my houses, my cars, my, the things that I possess. But he's also taking music. In modern day parlance, we'd say our DVDs, our movies, our video games, our entertainment. He's taking his stuff and his, his culture, his entertainment. And he's saying, I'm wrapping myself up with this. I'm only interested in this. This, I, uh, the more stuff you get, the better you are. Uh, the, the more personal enjoyment I can get, that's, that's all I care about. The more, you know, the music that I listen to, the movies that I watch, this kind of stuff, that's all they're interested in because they don't have God. They need to fill that with something. Which is a comparison to today as well. Very much we so. We do the same thing today that we that they did back then. We fill in the void in our life with stuff. If we just have the most toys, then you know we're the most important, right? Oh yeah. He who has the most toys, uh, when he dies, wins. You've heard that? Yeah. And I always think he who has the most toys when he dies still dies. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now his children have to figure out what to do with all that stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. So another thing about that, though, is these both of these people are called the father of, right? And Ada, their mother, her name can also mean to pass on, to continue. So here we have the children of Ada being called the father of. They're... They're creating something that everyone else can learn from and grow from. They're creating a nation. They're creating a culture of this selfishness. 
Now, Tubal Cayenne. I'm sorry, Tuval Cayenne in the King James, it says Tubal Cain. It's Strong's Concordance number 8423. And again, it's Tubal Cayenne. Once again, we'll say the B and the V can be interchanged. It literally means offspring of Cain. Uh, so we, we see that in Cayenne. Uh, but so I separated Tuval to see what does it mean on its own. And that's 8422. And it literally means of or for. So Tuval Cain can literally be translated of Cain or for Cain. So this is all for Cain. It's not for God. This is all for Cain. And it's all of Cain. It didn't come from God. It came from man. It came from Cain. And I think that is very telling. Now, another thing about it is Tuval. Now think about this. We had Yaval. We had Yuval. And now we had Tuval. They all sound similar for a reason. Tuval comes from the same root that means stream. <laughs> Interesting. All three names come from that. It made me go back to, Brad, what we had gone over before, Genesis 2, 10 through 14. And this was about the stream that God put in the garden that branched out into four different rivers in order to water the garden. And when we went over that, each of those rivers, uh, we went over the names of those rivers and the Hebraic roots uh, of those words and, and the meaning behind the rivers and the, the story of God's redemption that they told. But this was God watering the garden, giving life to the garden with the river of life, giving life to all of humanity through, you know, starting from the garden but branching out and now we have a mockery of that. We have a replacement. These three names mean stream. Satan's creating his own replacement stream. Water is necessary for life. Uh, we all have to drink it to live. We all need it. And God is the river of life. We need him to live spiritually. Satan is replacing that. All three of these names mean stream for a reason. They're getting their life from a different source. And the source of these streams are complete selfishness. They're materialism, they are selfish pleasure, and they are warfare. As we're going to see here with Tuval Cayenne as I, as I go on. But I wanted to connect that. All three means stream and there is an unholy trinity right here uh, of three going on that is it's what now whether by themselves or by fallen angelic gifts uh this this mastery of cattle herding the mastery of music and the mastery of forging metal cutting instruments it has begun here and is flowing out to the rest of humanity now, the word picture of just Tuval is the same as Yuval, but the, the um, Yod is replaced with Tav. 
So we have Tav, Vav, Bet, Lamed. And the interpretation uh, is essentially exactly the same as Yuval, except the work of his own hand has been replaced with Mark or Covenant. So this is instead of the finished works of his own hand of binding together started in his house. Now we have uh, the mark, the covenant that binds them together started in his own house and he goads others to do the same. This, to me, I don't know what you guys think, this carries slightly more sinister overtones. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, no, when you enter a covenant to something, uh, it's a pretty big deal especially back then. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, it's... it's Which is like a pact? Uh, yeah, in, in, a, in a sense. It's like, it's like an agreement. It's like a legal... It's like a legal... Uh, yeah, in a way. You so, two, you, you married each other. You entered into a marriage covenant. So you essentially said, Kate, you said, what, Brad, what's mine is yours. You can have it. It's all yours as if you own it. And Brad said to you, Kate, what's mine is yours. You own it. No, you- Scott, Scott, that's not. <laughs> three cats, buddy. <laughs> that, that, that's not, that's not exactly how it went. It was whatever was hers is hers and whatever is mine is hers. <laughs> that, that was, there I should have read the fine print, but. <laughs> but that's, cats. that's covenant. You enter into a relationship in such where you completely share everything. And this is this is what covenant means, and this is why we need to understand it, because God wants to make covenant with us. He doesn't just want to be our buddy. He wants to intimately join, and get, he wants to give you everything he has, but he also wants everything that you are. Now, the difference is everything that we have is not much. We don't bring much. We don't bring much to this covenant, but what God has to give to us, everything he has to give to us is amazing. So that's covenant, and that's why it's so important. And these, and what's going on here, like I said, with the stream that that, that essentially Cayenne's line is trying to put into the world is a polluted stream, uh, is, is just promoting selfishness. And now we have Tuval, Something interesting here, though, with Tuval, he's he's creating something too, but he's not listed as the father of that thing. He is listed as the forger of that thing. So I see a picture here of one marked by fallen angels or covenanted with fallen angels who is controlling the information for his own purposes. I do not necessarily see someone who wanted, who actively desired to share this information. And like we said before, Tuval can also mean of or for on its own. So this can mean of Cayenne and for Cayenne. Like this is essentially, while the names of Yaval and Yuval carry an implication of, come, look at what we've got. Everyone, check this out. The implication in Tuval Kayan's name is, this is mine, get lost. I kind of get the feeling like that when I, when I read this. As Tuval Kayan, he's making weapons of warfare. He's making sharp, cutting instruments. And his mother 
Zilla, her name means shade and defense. I kind of get the picture that he's doing this in darkness. He mastered this. He was given information and he mastered these weapons of warfare, these sharp cutting instruments of metal. And he's not necessarily giving up his secrets. Which is kind of what countries do. You know, one power, yeah. they they have some technological achievement over another group of people. They don't want that other group of people to have it. They want to have that power over mm-hmm. them. So, of course, yeah, he's keeping this in, this, in, in the... And it's funny that uh, now we're talking about warfare, and, and, and the name is for Cain. So when they wage war, it's not for God. This is They're waging war for Cain. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, just I find that... I find that interesting, which if Cain then is under the influence of Satan, what we're really saying here is they're waging war for Satan. They're waging war for the enemy. Yeah. No, I, oh yeah, that's, that's a good point. Now, right at the end of this, we've got these three people uh, who are creating these, these things. And then suddenly in the middle of that, it just says, well, I shouldn't say in the middle of it. Suddenly at the end, it just kind of throws in, and the sister of Tuval Cain was Naama. Yeah, I always wondered about that myself. I never looked into it, but I always wondered. It was just kind of random. Because mm-hmm. first of all, uh, women don't normally get mentioned, at least the sisters don't usually get mentioned unless there was some reason. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, a, there's a continuing story. And not just sisters, but anybody. You don't get named unless... There's something being pointed out here. So here we have a a person who is named in Scripture that holds weight, that holds value. Why? Because it's here for our benefit. Uh, There's plenty. There's there's many, many brothers and sisters and kids and siblings and all sorts of things who existed that are never named and we don't know about them because they're not for our benefit. Naama is named. It's here for a reason. What is that? So I looked into her name. Naama. Strong's Concordance 5279. Naama. It's the feminine of 5277. Naam, which means pleasure. And that, Naam, comes from 5276, Naam, which means to be agreeable, literally or figuratively, to pass in beauty, to be pleasant, sweet, or delight. The word picture, Nun, Ayin, Mem, He. What I came up with was behold and experience a life of chaos. What I saw from this is just the fact that there's this sister of Tuval Cayenne, and the sister of Tuval Cayenne specifically, she's connected to him. Uh, Nothing else is said about her other than her name. I feel like this is a highlight. Why is she listed here with the other creators of things? Now, her name appears five times in the scripture. Once here, three times as the mother of King Rehoboam, and once as a city in Judah. I believe that her inclusion here is a punctuation mark on the fact 
that all of this is for the pleasure of man and possibly the fallen angels who may have been assisting them. I think this is highlighting the fact that all of this at least culminates in pure selfishness. Now, let me, I'm just kind of rereading my notes here real quick. I think I've covered most of the rest of, oh, oh, there is one other thing here that I missed. I also noticed each gift is twofold. They dwell in tents and have cattle. All such as handle the harp and pipe. Every cutting instrument of brass and iron. I'm not exactly sure what this signifies, but it's like each thing requires something else to be complete. Uh, It's not complete on its own. And now I tied that in with, uh, especially Yaval was the father of all who dwell in tents and have cattle. We already know Cain and Abel. Abel had cattle. Now, as we've heard before, cattle doesn't necessarily mean cows, as we think of in Western culture. Uh, Cattle is any dumb four-legged animal. When they talk about cattle, they mean sheep, they mean pigs, they mean goats, they mean all of that. So Abel was a shepherd. He already was a shepherd. So this, uh, I believe it's specific to both. It's not just the fact that he had sheep. It's not just the fact that he had cattle. It's that those who dwell in tents and have cattle. I believe this is uh, together. I believe this is the moving the herd to a different place. This is He's mastering the picking up, moving on. They're essentially, I got this picture of they're like locusts. They're just moving on, wiping an area out, and then moving, and then moving on to a green pasture, wiping that out, and then moving on to another green pasture. I don't know what you think about that, but that's kind of what I, the feeling I got. I get the I get the same picture, and I get it maybe even a little worse. I get it that they come in, they wage war, they take, because anything that they try to do is not going to be successful. Yeah. So they're coming in, and uh, they're they're taking over what maybe other people had even done. They're taking that for themselves, part of the selfishness, mm-hmm. using it up, using it up, and moving on. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is the combination that's going on here. Not just having cattle, but this, like I said, it's this this materialism, this, this I'm going to go in, I'm going to take, I'm going to use it up, and then I'm going to go get more. No, that wouldn't be why we have like deserts, would it? It's possible in some ways. I mean, the very land of Israel where they are right now, nobody used to want it for many years because it was a desert. Now it's become lush, fertile, uh, and we can get into a study on that. And that's it's God's blessing, and this was God's plan. But there have been many areas. It just points out the fact that there are many areas in the land that were barren, and then were fruitful, and then were barren again, and then were fruitful for a variety of reasons. So yeah, this very much could be uh, the areas that they were in. Yeah, did become a desert, and they could be fruitful now because it's been like you know, five, six millennia since this happened. Uh, But yeah, very much could be something like that. That is something I've wondered though. Are there areas on earth that absolutely, no matter what you do, you cannot 
get any good soil out of? Are they just cursed? Yeah, I've wondered be- about that because too. Because of something like this. Something that somebody did or something that's happened there spiritually or, or what have mm-hmm. you. It's also making me wonder, you know, um, at this point, there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of communities and things quite yet, but this roaming attitude that they have, it just makes me wonder if they're planting planting something of evil in each of these little communities that they're going to. And, you know, every community that was started from the beginning of time has a little bit of evil planted in it already. Yeah. Just, just, just thoughts that are popping into my head. It's definitely, this is definitely, no, that's very good because this is a time when sin was beginning uh, to spread. And, and I think that's what this whole thing is talking about from Cayenne to Lamech and now with his sons being the fathers or, or the forgers of these things, I think it's showing how sin is growing and taking deeper root in the planet. But now I'm going to end on this one. Genesis 4, 23 and 24. And Lamech said unto his wives, Adah and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man for wounding me and a young boy for bruising me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. So, ever since I've heard this, I've had one question in my head. Why? Where where does he get this? I've always wondered, where does this come from? God spoke to Cain, and God promised vengeance on Cain's murderer if anyone slew him. Cain said, uh, you've put a mark on me. Whoever sees me is going to kill me. And God said, oh, no, they won't. I will stop them. Anyone kills you, I will, uh, whatever he does to you, I will do to him seven times over. And so God was protecting. I mean, that was from the voice of God. So is that supposed to be another mock? Like another what? Mocking. Mocking? Like Th- this right here, Lamech yeah. saying it? I don't know. I mean, this is to me, this is Lamech saying this is going to happen. If anyone, you know, if you know, if Cayenne will be avenged seven times, I will be avenged seventy times seven. Where does he get that? What backs that up? And his audience is his wives. Yeah, so I wonder if there's something to that too. But no, I think you're onto something. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, th- I think he's telling his wives, which would be the the um, keepers of his family. Hey, if anything happens to me. I need to be avenged. Well, Cain, that was a promise from God. So you exactly. Know, you know that to be true. It was God's promise to uphold. He was going to take care of it if it happened. Mm-hmm. Who's going to take care of this one? I would assume it has to be his offspring. But uh, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't say. And how could they do it 70 times, 7 times? Mm-hmm. I mean, who backs this statement up? Exactly. If Lamech is killed, does God rain vengeance down upon his murder 70 times 7? I feel that Lamech made this statement without the backing of God. In fact, I, 
as I was going over this, I just noticed for the first time, um, never, Lamech says he will be avenged, but he never brings Yahweh into it. Um, this feels like a bluff to me at best, but if it's not a bluff, if it's actually backed up by something, it's not God and therefore holds no real weight. Yeah, it's funny because Yahweh's not even mentioned for quite some time here when we're talking about Cain. They at this mm-hmm. point I feel like they've completely they've completely forgotten about God. They've they've they don't consider him, they don't I don't feel like he's a part of their culture or anything at this point. Yeah. So yeah. He's making this boast. But I I wonder if that's all it is. I wonder if you're if if it's not a mockery, is it just a boast? I wonder if it's an empty threat meant to scare people into avoiding him. You know, oh boy, we can't do that. Uh, it, it, can, can, is that serious? Can he back that up? Is this going to happen? <laughs> and if he's like anything, like his name suggests, he's a very mean individual. Yeah. So yeah, there probably are people, probably people in his own family that want him gone. Uh huh. So yeah, you're you're right. This might just be a uh a, a last ditch effort to say, Hey, you can't hurt me because just like uh Cain and what you know, his story, mm-hmm. if you hurt me, you're only gonna hurt yourself. I yeah, I feel like this is kind of uh uh similar to or maybe even a precursor of all of the things that seem to be spiritual but aren't like uh belief in ghosts and things of that nature the things that scare us and freak us out because we're 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 misunderstanding what's really going on and we're coming to the wrong conclusion and and like god is i i feel like god is back here saying i'm not a part of that that's not me I almost wonder if you're onto something there too. Maybe he's putting his faith into the fallen angels. Maybe they've made him some promise of we'll protect that could you. Be. But ultimately even they can't they can't promise anything because only mm-hmm. God can. <laughs> right. The second thing that jumps out to me is this the fact that he does seventy and se- seventy and sevenfold. That cause this uh, brings me back to the words of Jesus answering how many times should we forgive? And, uh, should we forgive seven times? And he said, no, 70 times seven. It makes me wonder if this was a common expression to man. This was, was this an idiom that just basically meant on and on without end? It also could just be something as simple as uh, Jesus would have been full aware of Scripture. He would have known it better than any of us. Maybe he was uh, making a comparison. That was f- that was fake. That's not real. What I'm promising you is, yeah, it could you know, be. I, I can I, bring good uh-huh. from that bad statement. I can bring good. I he was he was boasting about his own selfishness and whatnot. But if you you will be forgiven, I can bring good from that bad. You know. Yeah. Now and also seven is the number of Jesus. Right. So Yahweh, when he said, I will take vengeance upon you seven times, when Jesus said, forgive 70 times seven, that had spiritual significance. When Lamech says it here, I just wonder what, I mean, is he, he's misusing it. I think what he's doing is he's like, like we've kind of said before, I just get the idea that he's bringing this into play 
in the same way that you think of as a, a false preacher, so to speak, uh, saying, if you don't listen to me and you don't do what I say as a man of God, God will rain down holy fire upon you. God will get you if you don't give me your money and give me your loyalty and what have you. And we got people going, oh, oh my goodness, I don't want that. Here, here, take whatever. I, I don't want God to be mad at me. And God's back there going, I've got nothing to do with this. It kind of has that same picture for me. Yeah, if you want uh, all the blessings that... I have. If you want the the mansion and the cars, just send me a check, and 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 I'll tell you the secrets of how you can get it. Mm-hmm. No, you just paid for my mansion and my cars. <laughs> yeah. So you have a mansion. It was a it was a what do I want to say a, a joke. Oh. It was a bad impersonation. Well, it it but it was an impersonation based on a reality of what people are are pulling and and. Not just even not even just religious ones. Uh, exactly. Anybody yeah. can say, "Look at all my wealth and success. I can teach you how to do the same thing. Send me your money." Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wonder if that's what's going on here. It's sort of an intimidation tactic, a threat that he can't actually back up. But the people he's threatening don't know that, or or you know he's intimidating them into going along with it because uh, they're too scared to find out if it's really true or not. Uh, so, I mean, think about it. I, for the longest time, oh, I shouldn't go there. Uh, okay, uh, I'll just, you know, to the parents out there, if you want to shut this down right now, go ahead. I'll give you a few seconds or, or listen to this. Get your kids out of the room. Pause it right now and listen. You can decide to go on. Okay, uh, long enough. Now I'm going to go on. I used to believe in Santa. And I used to believe because I I was questioning. I was like, is this real? Is this not? And I kept believing because I thought if I, if he does exist and I don't believe I lose out, (laughs) but you know, if he, but if he doesn't exist, then it's same either way. You know, I don't get whether I believe or not, but if he does, it's, it's too much of a risk for a while there. When I was getting older, I was believing just because I felt the risk was too great not to. I was incredibly young when the truth of Santa was forced upon me and I threw a royal fit. Mm-hmm. I screamed at my mom and told her, you take all those presents back because you're lying to me. And then I went to my room and I slammed my door and I got on the floor and I thought about it and I was like, that was a dumb thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back out there and I go, I'll believe. This was three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, four. But, <laughs> thank you very much. But basically, I, I think what might be going on here with Lamech is the same thing. He's just, the people he's saying this to, the people who would have heard this, it would, the word would have gotten around, they might just be too scared to try because it might be wrong, but what if it's right? Do I really want to risk it? You know what I mean? And then we see the fact that he killed two men who hurt him. We don't know the story behind that. We're just told... Someone bruised him, you know, whatever. Uh, is this a bar fight gone bad? You know, is this Lamech's selfish indignation at fault? Is he truly a righteous defender from someone who sought to kill him unjustly? We have no idea what happened. We don't know what started the fight. We don't know any more to this story. We just know he killed two men that, that he thinks he says hurt him. Now, This is what we do know from the prophetic picture being painted here. The despairing mean one said to his bling, 
and to his shady defensive side, to his two wives, his ornamentation, his, his possessions, his bling, and to his, his selfishness, his shady, his dark side, his defensive side. Somebody hurt me, so I killed them. Nobody else better do a thing about it or they'll be sorry. So this has all the appearance of a sinner justifying all of his actions. This is the statement of a man acting as his own God, saying, only I am righteous and all who oppose me are wrong. This is, this is really the statement of a man blinded by sin who says, I'm justified in my own eyes, always. I'm always right. Anyone who dares to call me wrong is a horrible, evil person. Opening it up for any comments, but that's pretty much where I'm going to wrap it up for at this point. No, a lot to think about. Scripture does state that men boast about their own goodness. Mm -hmm. And so here's a guy, one of the first ones, boasting about it. Yeah, I mean, I... I believe in his eyes, he thought he was right. He thought he's justified. Um, well, uh, Scripture doesn't state this, but it's just my interpretation. They have distanced themselves from God for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, they they are alone. They mm-hmm. they are trying to do this all by themselves. And as the word the word picture showed, <laughs> behold, a life of chaos. Yeah. Uh, because of it. So. So you got in on this in an interesting time, Kate, because we've been going on in God's wonderful plan and his creation <laughs> and all of this, and you jumped in in uh, death, destruction, horrific, whatever, the garbage of men's selfishness polluting the planet. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I suppose that's a good time to wrap this up. As always, I will say that I am Scott. I'm Brad. <laughs> I mean, Kate. I don't know who I am, and this is not about us.